Dangerous pass gets through to Kevin. Johnson in the double. Now perfect time. Good save. Ready rebound. Quick. Can't come up with it. Now Miller's going to get a look. Good close out by Glazer. Bobsey steps in a one. High to high. Goals on. Hampton forces it back. Skip pass gets through. Roscoe time. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Time Room Bullseye Podcast. I'm Eamon McEnany. In a few minutes, I'm going to be joined by the head coach at Penn State, Jeff Tambroni, and the head coach of the Cornell Big Red, Matt Kerwick, as we look back and look ahead. And uh, what a weekend for the sport of college lacrosse as the regular season of chaos carried into the postseason with the defending champs, Denver, getting knocked off by Towson, and Yale getting knocked off at home by Navy. Uh, some great games uh, throughout the weekend, all eight games on TV, and uh, we'll get into it more with the two coaches who know a little bit more about the sport than I do, but I just thought as a fan of the sport, what a weekend for the sport. You could tell that the fans certainly responded to the season that we had in 2016, some great atmospheres on campus. It started off at Loyola. They always have a great crowd there, but I had the pleasure of going to Brown and Yale in those intimate settings on campus. They are fired up. It was great to see more than 4,000 people cram into that stadium on Sunday at Yale, and there is something going in Providence about this Brown team. I mean, you could see it as the fans start to rise in the stands when they go on the break. Uh, I think that's going to be an electric atmosphere, even though we go into a bigger stadium on Saturday when they get ready to take on Navy. But enough about how I felt about the weekend. Let's bring in the experts. Uh, happy to be joined by Coach Tambroni and uh, Coach Kerwick. Gentlemen, thanks a lot for uh, taking the time and welcome aboard the podcast. Thanks for having us. Uh, Jeff, let me start thanks with you and then we'll bounce over to uh, Coach Kerwick. But uh, Coach Tambroni, what was your biggest takeaway from the eight games in the first round this weekend? Well, you know, I think just like you talked about, I mean, you look at the regular season and uh, – you know, anyone could beat anyone on any given day, and I think that was the the word parity has been used probably all too much throughout the course of the years. But I felt like this year has been probably the most apropos um, use of that word because I just looked from top to bottom, and, and it was going to be a competitive field. I look at some of the matchups traditionally, um, you know, and it, you know, or, or historically, and some of these teams playing. I'm mean, going to look like there's going to be some great games, um, and there really was. And you know, you could see the strength of the Ivy League with. Brown and Yale being in it, Brown playing really well. Um, but but I thought kind of the biggest thing is, is Maryland holding court um, and, and at home, and I thought they did a great job of just kind of playing the way they usually play, and I think they set up a really nice second-round matchup against Syracuse. That'll be fun to watch. Coach Kerwick, how about you? What jumped out to you over the weekend? Well, I, I feel very similar to, to, to Jeff. I mean, it's, it's, uh, if you don't show up and play your very best, you, you're not going to win, and, and it's it's really evident right now in our game that uh, you got to play well, and and I think you know I, I was I wasn't surprised about Brown, you know having seen them so much this year and getting ready to play them and the way they played against us, um, it was just so impressive. I, if they shoot the ball well, they're very tough to stop. And I guess my biggest surprise yesterday was watching that that Denver Towson game. You know Towson having to to play as, as much as they have in the last week and to win their tournament and then have to play Hobart on Wednesday and then fly out to Denver. And, and to, to see the way they played uh, was was really impressive. Uh, i got to give their coaching staff and, and those kids a lot of credit. But uh, it's just great lacrosse right now. And, and, you know, if you're shooting the ball well and, and 
doing all the other things that, that, that we all know about, playing great defense, picking up ground balls. But I think the, the shooting right now is, is really makes a difference and, and carries these teams along. So it was some great lacrosse this weekend for sure. Uh, Coach Tambroni, I want to pick up where Coach Kerwick left off, talking about Towson. Uh, you were the first team this year to sort of take it to Denver. Maybe you laid out the blueprint uh, beating the Pioneers down in Texas. But not just, as Coach Kerwick alluded to, going into Denver and knocking off the Pioneers, but having it be like the third game in a week. You know, you win the CAA, then you have the preliminary game. Then, oh, by the way, you go out to Denver to play Bill Tierney and the champs. Uh, what impressed you the most about the job Coach Natalin did to have his team ready since you know all too well how tough it is to beat Denver. Yeah, I, I give Coach Nadalin and his team a ton of credit, and I think that's kind of been the blueprint for Coach Nadalin since he took over the program uh, four or five years ago. I mean, his kids just are so tough. I, we, we played the CAA for our first couple of years against Towson, and, uh, you know, we had some, some really good games, very closely contested games against them. And you just always felt um, when you competed and played against Towson that mentally they were always locked in, extremely confident, uh, had a great swagger to him. Um, he's done a great job of recruiting his own kids. Um, but to do what he did through the course of the week and to lock those kids in mentally and, and, and then to fly, not just to travel, but to travel out into Denver and people make so much of traveling out there um, in terms of the altitude – uh, to do what he did is is nothing short of uh, one of the most impressive feats, I think, thus far. And, you know, he did it with the formula of defense. Their goalie played really well. Uh, their defense is just so sound, and he just trusts his defenders, short sticks and long sticks, so much, uh, even though they didn't have a whole lot of success um, up the faceoff X. You just can't say enough about the job they did mentally of preparing those kids um, and what a great job they did defensively. All right, since I got two coaches on the phone, I think I got to adhere to the 24 hour rule and now spin it forward. We've done enough talk about last week. Let's move ahead. And, uh, Coach Kerwick, you talked about it. You had to play Brown in the regular season. If, uh, Coach Soul were to get you on the phone, what would you say the key you have to do? I would think, especially early going into Providence to play Brown. But what are some keys Navy's going to have to do to have a chance to pull off the upset? Yeah, I'm excited for, for Ricky. I have mean, a very close friend, and, and uh, to see what we've done with Navy this year has, has been great for him. And I wasn't really surprised, um, you know, that, that they grabbed Yale. You know, I thought they matched up really well with them, and uh, the way he had them playing, I thought it was going to be a really tight game. And uh, it, was, it didn't surprise me they, they pulled that one out against Yale um, with the way they've been playing. I knew they could win some faceoffs there. I, I think with Brown, it, it's really challenging. You know, you, you have to – I thought Hopkins did a good job of this. You have to really keep them at bay early. You know, you can't let them get out to a three, four goal run early and jump on you because they are a confident bunch. So I think if he can keep it close that first half and, and, you know, do a good job of, of taking care of the ball, Brown really just, the way they play right now is, is, is different. You know, they, they, they challenge you everywhere defensively. They don't really care if they get beat because they have an outstanding goalie and, and they really, press the, the, the pace of the game on that defense event to make you go to the goal. And if you don't finish it, that kind of starts their transition going the other way. You know, so you have to try to possess the ball, run by them, but, but really work for good shots and just try to keep them off the board as best you can because their attack unit is as good as I've seen. So it's a handful because they can win faceoffs too. So they're going to have to win faceoffs and try to possess the ball as best they can and got to finish chances on Kelly because he's, he's as good as – there is right now in the goal so it's 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 a lot to ask but i'm sure ricky will have him going that's the second game saturday on espnu the first game 
Maryland against Syracuse. Uh, Syracuse, I think they're still griping up there in central New York on Marshall Street about being the eighth seed and having to deal with Maryland. But, uh, Coach Tambroni, uh, you don't have to reach too far in your office for those Maryland scouting reports. Uh, I couldn't have been more impressed uh, from what I saw in the Big Ten uh, tournament against you guys and then the championship. I mean, that defense, you talk about men. I mean, you look at Dan Seglio, Dunn, Muller, and then, of course, the goalie, Kyle Burnlore. I mean, they're veteran, they're good, and they are well coached. Uh, how do you say this about Syracuse, but how are the Orange going to get to 10 against that defense? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I agree with you. Maryland's doing, um, it seems, everything right at every level. They got talent at the faceoff X, um, talent in the offensive end, talent in the defensive end, and uh, they play more surgical. They 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 really kind of just bit and piece uh, a game together. Um, don't don't get too high, don't get too low, and seem to be able to stay consistent. Um, Syracuse is going to have to play at a very high pace, in my opinion. I think you have to to play faster than Maryland's defense can can cooperate with one another uh, and play. They they play extremely collaborative. Those guys just communicate as well as anyone in the country, anyone I've seen in a long time. Those guys are on the same page. And if you play more methodical, if you play very deliberate, um, they're going to make it very difficult on you because they just play so well if they recognize a set or a dodge. So I think if Syracuse, and, and I think they're capable of doing this traditionally, is get out of their defensive end, create your costs and transition, certainly off the face-off X or off the ground, uh, maybe in the ride, play very quickly when they get down the offensive end, not, not – um, you know, take a poor shot selection, but certainly they want to make sure that their kids are ready to to open up any 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 window that they can because you have to take advantage of it and you have to be prepared for it. So, you know, shooting is also going to be key. You know, with with Bernard, once you get yourself into an, an opportunity, you have to to study him throughout the course of the week. I do think he has some tendencies, but you're going to have to be prepared. So, they're going to have to play their best game of the year. I've watched Syracuse play a couple of times, and, and they seem to have had some ebbs and flows this year. Um, I don't know if anyone's playing more consistent and or better uh, than Maryland. However, Syracuse over the years uh, seems to, to peak at the right time, and I think with, with their coaching staff, I don't know if anyone does a better job than they do in May. So it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I think that'll be a great game to cue into. Uh, speaking of their ebbs and flows, I think, Coach Kerwick, you're the last team to get the Orange before they got on this run and uh, really turned their season around. Uh, you got them in overtime, but I think that was Malloy's first start in the cage. Uh, you saw him in person, and now I'm sure you've caught him on TV a little bit. What's been the biggest difference since you guys were able to beat him at home in uh, overtime? Well, you know, I, I think our goalie played very well that night. You know, Brennan Donville had a, had a huge game for us. And, and they seemed a little out of sorts defensively to me. You know, we, we, we didn't win face-offs that game, and we were still able to, to win it um, with some, you know, efficiency on offense against them. And they, they seemed a little disorganized. I think it kind of woke them up a little bit in talking to their staff and seeing those guys on the road uh, recently. You know, I think that their defense really uh, took it to heart that they need to play better as a team defense and, and be a little bit more physical. And, and like Coach Tambo said, you know, they, they need to – start the offense from the defensive end a little bit better and and um you know i, I think they're they're a team that's speaking at the right time like they always do up there in the dome and, and it's going to be a heck of a game against maryland like jeff said i mean no one's playing more consistent lacrosse than, than maryland right now so that, that's going to be an exciting one to see 
Coach Kerwick, on the uh, Time Room Bullseye podcast, you are required to say Hill School grad or product, Brennan Donville, okay? Because i got to you know, take care of my donations there for the old school in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. But we appreciate the shout-out. I, I apologize. That's all right. I apologize. Well, I'll make sure I do that next time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's turn to uh, Sunday. Uh, no common opponents here, but uh, Notre Dame-North Carolina, a rematch game. And, uh, Coach Tambroni, I want to bring you in on this one. Because uh, you know these programs well, but if I remember correctly, on one of your trips to the Final Four, you had to go through a Princeton team in Hofstra, at Hofstra that obviously you were very familiar with. Uh, there's plenty of history between these two teams. You know, last year in South Bend, there was the big penalty that led to Notre Dame pulling one out when North Carolina probably thought they had it in the bag. This year in Chapel Hill, Notre Dame has a five-goal fourth-quarter lead, and they give up seven unanswered, so that doesn't sit well with them. As a coach, you have a whole week here. It's a quarterfinal game, championship weekend on the line, but it's a familiar rivalry opponent that your players probably don't like and really want to win. What's the key to managing the emotions so your players peak at noon on Sunday and not practice on Wednesday? Yeah, I think it's going to be really important, and I'm sure both these guys, I mean, both these coaches have a lot of NCAA experience. Um, they've been coaching for a long time, both extremely well-respected um, and they're there for a reason. They're in this position right now in the quarterfinals for a reason because they just do a wonderful job of managing their teams. I, I think less is more at this time of the year. Um, I'd be surprised if they're keeping their guys on the field more than 90 minutes on any given day. Um, don't over-prepare or over-analyze what you did or didn't do. Um, once it gets to the playoffs, I think you can – you don't want to forget about what happened. Certainly if I'm Notre Dame, um, you know, we're reminding our guys, but I think our guys are probably reminding one another about what happened and how we let one slip away. And I'm sure they're going to be a little bit more excited um, and amped up to play against uh, North Carolina for those reasons. North Carolina is probably excited for an opportunity uh, to play the quarterfinals and to move on and erase the history that they continue to hear year after year about being in the final four. So, I think when it comes right down to it, at this point in the year, you're in the quarterfinals. You're there for a reason. Both those guys, you know, beat competitive teams in Air Force and Marquette in the first round. Um, let your kids play. I think if you can just, uh, you know, not overanalyze every matchup and everything that happened in the first game and allow your kids to play to their strengths um, and believe in themselves and what you've done from day one, I think you're going to have a lot, a lot better chance to move on into that Final Four than if you take too much um, – analysis through the course of the week because you can you can tend to over prepare because of the week i think if you look at the uh the denver towson game that's just a, a great example of a team that just believed coming off that hobart win uh that they were talented enough to win um coach allen did a wonderful job of just giving those guys a chance to kind of breathe after that win get them out there and just play and i think that's probably what both those teams are going to do uh, and I think that will give those guys, uh, either one of those guys, a, a, the best chance they can to move on into that Final Four. Coach Kerwick, there's so much discussion and talk about Notre Dame's system on defense, and the, the Irish are going to do what they do. Now, obviously, it helps to have quality athletes like Garrett Eppel and Matt Landis, but what's the key to beating that system? I mean, Carolina's got a load of talent on offense, but just schematically, what do you have to do traditionally against Notre Dame to get good looks? Well, I, obviously, Coach Corrigan and Coach Byrne, you know, have a, have a great system out there, and and they've shown it year in and year out, and they're very consistent. You know, knowing Coach Byrne well and, and talking to him at, at times, I, I think uh, it's pretty obvious they don't they don't look much at matchups. They don't really care uh, individually who they're playing. 
it's more about the system and and you know it's it's how they run their team defense and it's basically a zone you know it's a matchup zone and they're they're packed in there they take away passing lanes so well uh, they get to the hands very well you know it, it's just a you know such a, a good system that, that their guys understand extremely well so I, I think the key with them just like playing against any zone is you really have to let the ball do the work and, and get that thing moving quickly and try to get to the backside uh, as quickly as you can because that seems to be where they, they're a little bit softer as a team defense because they're so ball heavy. Um, so I think, I think the key is, is really getting that ball moving and if you can get it to the backside and then hopefully find a couple indoor looks uh, on the inside to, to some good cutters. That's the key against their D, but um, you just have to be patient. You know, if you get too antsy with it, you get rushed with it, um, you're going to take some poor shots, which they are very good at just giving up those types of shots. So you have to be very patient with your offensive group and, and really get that ball moving. And that's the only way you can score on that Notre Dame defense. All right, the nightcap on Sunday from the Horseshoe will be Towson against Loyola. Poor, you know, two teams separated by about five blocks in Baltimore have to trek out to the Midwest to play each other, but it should be a great atmosphere for the Midwest lacrosse fans. Uh, if you didn't know about Pat Spencer before the weekend, you certainly do now. And uh, Coach Tambronia, I was kind of blown away when I'm on Twitter watching that game, and your guy Rob Pinnell tweets something to the extent of Pat Spencer's playing this position the way it should be played. That's a high praise from a Tawarton winner and a – MLL All-Star, you played the position as well. What impresses you the most about that young freshman for uh, Charlie Toomey? His his poise is just off the charts. And we watched him play, you know, as he was growing up through the recruiting trail, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. He, he visited Penn State. And, you know, looking back now, um, maybe we should have done a better job of trying to get him to come to Penn State. He, he just um, – you know, he never seems to be rattled. I look at the games he played. I watched him play on the Patriot League Championship and watched him play again this weekend. Um, obviously, his vision is very good, and, and I agree with Rob. I saw his tweet this weekend. Uh, when he gets to the goal, his head's always opposite in position to either help his teammates or in a position um, to, to create his own scoring opportunities. And, uh, you know, with Rob, Rob, I always felt like Rob was a, a good athlete, not a great athlete. He was always a you know a, an above-average athlete. Um, in, in everything that he did, but I've never seen an attackman be able to keep a defenseman off bay as well as Rob Pinnell did. He was constantly north-south. He was constantly east-west, always moving. And I think the same can be said about Patrick Spencer. Uh, he is an extremely difficult matchup. You look at him physically, and he, he's, he's tall, but he doesn't look as much physically as he does mentally that that young man can keep a defenseman kind of guessing um you know moving you know forward moving back moving east moving west and and uh they never seem to be able to get a beat on what he's doing and therefore his hands are always free as long as his teammates keep moving and he always seems to be in a good position um to get his shots off when he goes by the goal line that, that young man plays well beyond his years and uh, Loyola is gonna be very fortunate to have him over the next three years all right, finally, I want to get your uh, both guys' opinion on this. We'll start with Coach Kerwick and then uh, swing it out to Happy Valley. But uh, take us behind closed doors in the locker room, practice, the meetings, the bus this week. What's unique about this round? You've you already got one. You've made the tournament. you got a tournament win under your belt. But now you got that chance to get to the championship weekend and the final four. What, what's this, you know, most for the most part, school's done. What's this week like? What's the, uh, you know, how is this week unique as opposed to the regular season and then even the final four? Coach Kerwick, we'll start with you. Well, 
first of all, it doesn't get any better. I think you, you nailed it. You know, you're, you're a professional lacrosse player at this point. You know, you're you're uh, you're with your teammates constantly. You're watching film. You're you're out there shooting on your own. And and Coach Tambo nailed it earlier. Um, you know, less is more at this point. You, you really just want to have efficient practices. You, you know who you are at this point. You know, it's it's less about your opponent. It's more about just doing what you do as well as you can do it. And I think uh, there's nothing more exciting as, as a coach and an athlete that to, to put yourself in this position and, and to be able to, uh, you know, just really push the guys to, to just play at your very best on a daily basis, enjoy every step of it because not too many teams are, are still out there enjoying playing the game together. So, so really savor it and, and enjoy every step of practice each day. And when you get to game day, just go out there and be the best version of, of who you are. And, and if you do that, hopefully you're, you're advancing to the final four. And it's, uh, you don't want to emphasize too much about that. You know, you just want to talk about doing what you do as well as you can on a daily basis. And then if that works in your favor, then you, you keep playing another week and it's, it's as good as it gets. Coach Tambroni? Yeah, I would, I would agree with, with Coach Kerwick. There's just, uh, this, this is, you know, you try to talk to your guys about this and you don't want to put the cart before the horse, but. It really doesn't get much better uh, than this when you when you progress to this where there are eight teams left in the country. We can get to that point where there's four teams or two teams left in the country. Uh, it, it seems to make sense of everything that you've done from day one. I do think the biggest challenge right now is balance, whereas before they're on a schedule, uh, and that schedule includes classes and includes uh, their, their day-to-day routine as a student athlete, and then all of a sudden it just cuts off and it just goes on to a routine of just becoming an athlete. And, you know, as a coach, you want to just make sure that your leaders understand the importance of what that quote-unquote downtime would mean. Um, You start to fight a little bit of the distraction, um, being one of only eight teams, so everyone's going to focus on you or your game uh, moving forward, which means you want to find out what people are saying about you or your game or your team. Um, And that takes you away from what you've done all year, which is just focus on your own game plan, focus on your plan, focus on your foundation uh, that got you in that position. And, and these are kids. They want to enjoy it um, in that regard as well. But I think it's really important for those coaches and those leaders to make sure that the kids understand, hey, uh, we've earned this opportunity for, for a reason because of our routine, because of our uh, because of our foundation. Make sure the enjoyment of this journey this week uh, happens on the practice field and the camaraderie of our team, not – in uh, in our in, in the in the time spent reading about what everyone else wants to say about us, and I think if you can get those guys to do that, understand the importance of that that downtime, put that energy towards either just taking your mind off of things altogether, or put it towards a you know a proper game plan. Uh, then not only will you enjoy it, but you're going to have a lot more success on the weekend of doing it. Coach Jeff Tambroni from Penn State, Matt Kerwick from Cornell. Guys, really appreciate the time and the information, and I look forward to stealing every word of it over the broadcast uh, this weekend. But I had a great time, and I really appreciate it. Thanks, Amen. All right, talk to you guys down the road. Coach Tambroni and Coach Kerwick adding their insight for the NCAA tournament. That'll do it for this edition of the Time Room Bullseye Podcast. Remember, doubleheaders on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, ESPNU at noon from Providence. Sunday, noon, ESPN2 from Columbus. All right, that'll do it. Enjoy the games this weekend. I'm Eamon McEnany for now. Remember, time, room, bullseye.